0: Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit ThePorch.Live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined with the one and only J.D. Rogers. What up? And for the very first time... Mr. Carson Radke. Hey, friends. Maybe the most eligible bachelor in Dallas, Texas. David, no maybe. It is a guaranteed. Well, I was trying to give you some, some props. No, He's, ta- no, no, he's talking okay. about you, JD. This is all about
1: you, no. Carson. Carson
0: nope. Radke. Carson is on the show. Welcome, dude. Hey, it's good to see you guys. Carson is our uh, operations director for the porch. He keeps all the trains Moving on, Tom, if you ever wonder how things get done, it is directly connected to Carson. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that is a joke. He came in honor to our staff a year and... Yeah, about a year and a half. year and awaken a half ago. Awaken
2: last year. Two months before Awaken. Rip, first year, baby. Rip Awaken. That's right. Talk about it's, that. It's coming
0: back. It's coming back 2021. No yeah. time's a charm. <laughs> and, uh, um, but Carson was a CFO before that. Today, we are talking about finances. So we were going to walk through some really practical, hopefully practical things related to finances. This impacts all of us. Uh, Because all of us live in a world where money is a part of our life, whether we like it or not. And so learning how to handle that and how to see that and a framework for understanding that and um, just approaching that subject is a crucial issue. And Carson is one of the truly smartest financial friends that I have. And I just thought, man, it would be great to, to put together a list of things for all of us and young adults in particular in this stage of life in COVID and out of COVID to think about. So... Um, With that said, anything else? Uh, No, I think we should just jump right
1: in because I have a lot of questions. You do have a lot of questions. I bet you do. Yeah, I I think a lot of people in their 20s, especially 20s, early 30s, maybe 40s, I don't know, uh, when it comes to money can be like a really uncomfortable thing to talk about. And so because it's like, oh, I don't even want to mention how much debt I have. That's embarrassing. Oh, I don't want to tell you how much is in my savings because what if it's not as high as yours? And I feel like everyone, honestly, if if people in their 20s are lying about something, it's their finances. Right. Because they're like, I'm going to say I have actually a thousand more dollars in my savings than I actually do. I'm not going to say I'm in the red. Um, And everyone's kind of like tiptoeing of how much are you going to say you make it work? And it's just this really uncomfortable thing that you want. You don't even realize like, oh, I want this like. Dictates how I view myself and my success, and so it's just not fun to talk about. But I'm glad we're talking about it. I'm glad you're the expert, and not me. But and so let's just start just from the top. In a world that is all about money,
2: how do you not make it all about money? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question, and I love what you said first. Of it's easy to not even think about money, and Mm -hmm. but the reality is, is that our financial position does matter. Um, It does matter what our debt is, Um, but it also, we're not defined by that. And I think that's like the most important thing as we talk about money is that we're not defined by how much we make. We're not defined by how much we owe, how much we spend. Um, But money is a heart issue and money is a spiritual issue. And so um, our posture towards money, it really goes back to Um, Our posture towards the Lord um, Mm -hmm. because everything that we have, we are stewarding for God, and we're going to give an account of how we steward. And so, your first point on, um, man, I'm in my 20s, I'm in my 30s, I don't even want to know how much I make, I don't even want to know how much I owe. But the reality is, is that those are real numbers. And it's mm-hmm. important for us to know um, what we do make and what we do owe so that we can steward that well and so that we can give a good account.
0: Yeah. So steward is kind of a churchy word, Yeah. but it, uh, by steward, <clears throat> it's like this. I, I just left community group. I'm in community and one of the guys is, is in a family where his, his dad is a financial wealth manager. And he manages like a huge book, like millions and millions of dollars for a bunch of, of the, you know older clientele. And his role is to take... All of their to take their investments and to annually give an account for. Here's everything that I I took. I invested it. Here's the return we had. Here's my plan for the next quarter. Here's my plan for the next six months. And if they don't like his plan, then they have total freedom to say, Hey, that's my money. I don't like how you're using that, or I don't like that investment, or change this. And he doesn't see himself. Hey, it's not my money. I'm doing what you are telling me to do with your money and how to invest it. That's the same principle in way that God says in His Word. We're to see. Everything, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, Psalm 24 says. And so as it relates to money, when he says, steward, what he's saying is you don't own money, which is, or you're not the owner of your money, which is really crazy. And something that I need to hear and remember over and over and over, I'll give an account for every dollar that I have. And so if I make more money, there should be a, um, there was a guy that I was in um, a group with a long time ago where someone else got a raise. And, and, uh, and most of us, whenever you get a raise, we're like, dude, I got a raise, I'm gonna go buy this. I'm gonna get a bigger mm-hmm. car, I'm gonna do it. And he was like, man, that's a lot more responsibility that God just handed over to you that you're gonna give an account for. And it was one of the first times I was like, oh, that's right. I am a steward. If I get a raise, that just means I'm accountable for more dollars before God. So by steward, I'm just double clicking to, to make sure everyone's following because that's a, a word that we use a lot that it's not really a word that you hear outside of the church a lot. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes complete sense.
2: And the challenge with stewarding is that there's not a rule book, and so we'll walk through some wisdom principles. Yeah, but there's not there's not just a, a prescriptive list saying, "Hey, do this, don't do that." That's good. And
1: I think where where this I hope this podcast is helpful is if I think of like stewarding my finances, I think I have to go to, through a Dave Ramsey class, and I think I have to like Dave Ramsey's. I don't really know much about him. I just know that he's the money guy. Like he helps a lot of people get out of debt. And I'm just like, I don't have time for that. And that just honestly sounds really boring. And uh, it sounds That's like a true. lot of reading and like video watching and just boring. Ah, oh, it's and, the worst. And I could rather watch Netflix, if I'm being honest. And you, and Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset. Is that, no, I we have not seen it yet. That's Carson. Man. But so with that being said, it, before we get off about savings, debt, being smart, all of that, um, What about people or what would you say to people just in terms of making money? How much money is enough? What if I don't have a job? Like, I don't know. I think a lot of people are like with money right now are really, they're getting stimulus checks. They're getting paid by the government. Yeah. It's just like, what is, can I just, am I okay with that? Should I go out or is it a sin to not earn my money? You know, just talk about making money.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Proverbs twenty thirteen says, do not love sleep or you will grow poor, stay awake and you will have food to spare. And it, it is that wisdom principle that uh, we were designed to work. And um, man, I totally understand that people go through different seasons where they're laid off a job and that is so tough. It really is um, just discouraging and tough to get laid off a job. Um, and what's, what's kind of crazy right now in our country is that people are getting paid a lot of money um, through unemployment checks. And there are certain people that, that need that. And then there are other people that might be taking advantage of that system. And so um, we don't wanna single anyone out in that way, but um, scripture is clear that we are made to work. And so we should, be, um, we should be diligent to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Second Thessalonians 3.10 says, whoever doesn't work should not eat. It's pretty crazy when you think about it. So we're not saying we don't live in a theocracy. It is a, to your point, Carson, there's a lot of people in, in hard times. The number of unemployed, I think, is like between 10 and 20 million. Yeah, it, It's dropped significantly because it kind of keeps going back and forth with the unemployment status and businesses, hopefully getting back off the ground. But lots of people are in hard places. But your point is, hey, um, I should be responsible and see myself as, man, I need to find a job. So if I'm getting paid right now more than I was before and I didn't have a job, Uh, in general, I should try to find work as a Christian. One of the things that I respect about the leadership of Watermark, which is the church that we're a part of, is whenever the stimulus checks were offered, by God's grace, we were like, hey, we, we don't think that we should take one of those and contribute to the growing $27 trillion debt that we have because we think that we can weather the storm here and we don't wanna lay anybody off and we wanna not contribute to that. Not every person is in that situation and not every business should have followed and done what Watermark did, which is saying, hey, I'm not gonna take uh, the uh, financial uh, stimulus that the government is offering us. I'm not saying that, but I am saying as Christians, we have to be responsible when it comes to thinking through, uh, you know, at a high level as a society, I want to contribute to working, to providing, to be a means of a uh, job is a place where I can provide for my family and promote the gospel. And if I am not seeing it as that or providing for myself and providing for the kingdom, then there's something that's off. I've got a flawed worldview as it relates to money. Yeah. Sweet, and so, and I'm talking to you, JD. I know I'm talking right at you. Like the the well, it's funny. (laughs) The practical
1: thing with that is like I even think um, like this past summer, I was just blessed with an opportunity to stay at a family's like back house for free, and there was something in me that was like I don't care if I'm staying here for free. I should still do something to like earn my keep. Yeah, and like. like, what can I do to help? And and just like, and that's, I think, that in a bigger scale, that's just the idea that we should have is like, it's not good for man to just sit and be in idle time and be bored and like, he should be productive. He should earn what
0: he has or, to, right. or take advantage of this season, like right. dude. Update your LinkedIn profile, update your resume, right. be right. reaching out to people, and and uh, trying to find a long term solution. Not just watching selling sunsets all day. That's not, your, I don't I've on never your college roommate's Netflix account.
2: Okay, and and one more thing, and just being willing to take a job. Um, for a season that you may not be an expert in Mm -hmm. and so you may have been working in the financial industry and for a season um you may have to do something that you don't want to do like you may need to bag groceries you may need to be a barista those are all great things in of themselves but it may be something different than you were trained for and so there is a there is a little bit of man I, i i may not get to do the job that I was trained to do, or that I want to do. But it's okay. You do need to step into something else if there are jobs available. Yesterday I got a text from Amazon, and they're like, we're looking for 500 people in Dallas. Do you wanna sign up? You get a $500 bonus, and I'm like, no, nope, But I mean, I appreciate that they're reaching out and that $500 bonus sounds pretty good. So Amazon, dude.
0: <laughs> Amazon is taking over. All right. So that's high level, you know, for the person who's walking through unemployment, let's, let's zoom in a little bit more practically on um, stuff that everybody should be doing as it relates to finances. And specifically some of those would be including a budget. So anything that, uh, w- worth, Zooming in on as it relates to budget. That yeah. Word.
2: Budget is like everyone, it's like fingernails on glass. Mm-hmm. If someone doesn't have like any financial savviness, they're like, I don't want a budget. But the reason that a budget is so helpful is because at the end of the day, um, you only bring in so much money and you need to break down what. Um, you're going to spend that money on each month. So if you bring in $1,000 a month, you need to break it down where you get $400 um, on housing, you're spending $300 on food, $100 on insurance, et cetera, whatever those numbers are. And then on a monthly basis or every few months, comparing what you really spend against your budget. And if you're continuing to just... Spend five hundred, a thousand dollars more than your budget, or whatever that number is. You you've got a math problem. And you've got a stewardship problem too. And um, if you're if if you're over budget, and you're spending two thousand dollars on eating out a month. You might need to make some adjustments to, the to, to what you're eating.
0: Yeah, the and, conviction and just knowing it. I think uh, when I was single, the assumption was, man, as as long as I'm not going into debt, it's great. Like the uh, um, budget, no budget, just stay high level. And it wasn't until really embracing that stewardship mentality that all of us are to have that, oh, I'm supposed to give an account for this. And life got easier whenever you stick to a budget because you're not just spending and running out. You're able to give towards things. You're able to have less stress. So many people are anxious right now because you don't know where all your money is going. And at the end of the month, you're like, man, I did not realize I had that much in credit card debt. So getting into a budget, there's mint.com. There's YNAB, which is you need a budget. Both are great resources to help you get set up. You may be old-fashioned. I'm guessing you use an Excel spreadsheet. I do use an Excel spreadsheet. You're totally the old-fashioned guy who uses Excel spreadsheet. But both of, whatever it is for you, knowing, hey, this is where I'm spending, and then evaluating that budget and beginning to go, man, I'm spending $500 on, a, on that range lease. I'm talking to you, JD. Mm-hmm. That, that Range Rover lease that um, <laughs> I probably cannot afford right now. So beginning to evaluate, where is all of my finances going?
2: That's good. Another thing that you've got to keep track of in your budget is if if you have debt, that's part of your budget. And so Mm. if you have student loans, if you have credit cards, if you have um, a car payment, those payments are going towards your budget and you need to be mindful of how much every single month you're paying towards those loans. And so... Another thing, just as it relates to debt, um, I'd encourage people to know you should be answer, you should be able to answer a handful of questions. If you have any debt, you should be able to answer how much debt you have. You should you should know that dollar amount. You should know what the interest rate is, and you should know how long it's going to take to pay back that debt. Hmm. Because if you can't answer those three questions, there's a chance that you're making minimum payments on that debt, and that you may turn a hundred and that debt isn't paid off. And so that. That if we are going to be held in, um, if we're going to be held accountable for the things that we have, how we're stewarding stewarding our money, it would make sense that we know what we owe other people and how we're going about um, paying that back. And I, I know I said interest rate on there. Um, unfortunately, for a lot of people that are in their teens, in their twenties, in their thirties, especially like with student debt, interest rates can be really high, and um, there are companies that. Uh, they can take advantage of people that have had less experience with finances and they will give them higher interest rates. And so, if you're paying seven, eight, nine, 10 plus percent on a car note or on student debt, that is really, really high. And there are opportunities out there to consolidate those loans to get lower interest rates. Because if you're paying 10% on a loan and you're pay- making minimum payments, your loan balance is probably going up. And so I know that's kind of a lot of technical jargon, but at the end of the day, I'd encourage you to know three things is how much you owe, what interest rate you're paying and based on your current payments, how long it's going to take to pay off that note. I just a side story. Um, I've set a handful of people, um, right now I've just been kind of talking through finances with them and they have debt and none of them have been able to answer those three questions. And so, um, Say them again one more time. Yep. One more time. It's uh, how much you owe on your loan, number one, what your interest rate is, and how long it takes, how long it will take to pay off that
0: note, given your current payments. Yeah, that's good. Hey, any here's a question I'm putting you on the spot. High-level consolidating loans for, for I, I don't know the answer to this, and you may not uh, right now, but any any high-level, how would you do that? If I have... 15,000 in credit card debt, and I have a car payment, or I have a $16,000 car note, and I have 50,000 in, in student loans. How, is there a, a high-level answer on consolidating all those?
2: Man, I'm not an expert on that, but um, I, I think that for each of those things, you will have to address them differently, and just researching what are and I, actually, I bet um, Ramsey's courses have some um, resources specifically on that. but um, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. But if you, if you look at what your interest rates are, you will be able to search, you'll be able to Google search. How can I consolidate credit card loans to a lower interest rate? And there are different opportunities out there. It's, it's very available. The one caveat is, and I know we're getting technical again. The one caveat is, is you don't want to get stuck with a ton of refinance fees because that's where they can, you're getting a lower finance rate, but we're sticking you with a bunch of fees. So you just want to understand both of those things before you pull that trigger. It's good.
1: From my understanding also though, your credit plays into like your allowance of what you're able to like have like right right and so a lot of times though where credit score you mean yeah my credit score yeah and so like a lot of times i think young people potentially that's where they get stuck is they can't get anything lowered because their credit's so bad and so which leads me to my next question is being in debt and having bad credit and all those different things is that a
2: sin david is that a sin
0: Ooh, good question no um, it's, it's at least, uh, the Bible doesn't say it's directly a sin. It could be a sin. Anything could be a sin. Sin ultimately is a heart issue. So if there's a materialistic drive that drives you into debt where I have to drive this car, I have to live in this place. I have to keep up with the appearances. Of course it could be a sin, but is it inherently every single time a sin? No. When the Bible talks about debt, it talks about it in a way that is proceed with caution. It says in the Proverbs that the borrower is slave to the lender and, um, Proverbs 22 verse seven. And so it. When it talks about it, it doesn't talk about it in an encouraging way. The In the Old Testament, God said, hey, you're not going to get... He told the nation of Israel, you're not to get in debt. You're going to be a nation that loans to other nations generously and doesn't take advantage of them, but you're not to be a nation that gets in debt, which would really have been wise for us as a nation. We are, it's an, we are like the Lindsay Lohan of nations. We make more money than any other country on planet Earth. We make as much as second place, third place, and fourth place combined. do y'all know that? Like in terms of GDP, GDP, in other words, the amount of money America makes is insane. It would be like if Bill Gates was in tremendous debt. People would be like, that's crazy. Or Mark Zuckerberg or whoever, or Bezos. Had, he was making $160 billion, but he was $360 billion in debt. You'd be like, dude, that guy needs to get his finances in order. So point being, when it talks about debt, it doesn't talk about it in an encouraging, positive way. It says, proceed with caution. And to your point, Carson, if you have debt, you need to know Uh, to use another proverb, the condition of your flock and you need to have a plan for how am I going to get out of this? It's impossible, I think, for a young adult to not have a low-grade anxiety, for people to not have low-grade anxiety um, that they carry around while they're carrying around debt. It just is there, this thing that is kind of constantly, uh, I need to continue to pay off. So having a plan will help fight against that anxiety where you can see the finish line in front of you.
1: You know when that person is like, I need to talk later and all day, you're thinking about that conversation. Yes. That's what debt is. That is so true. That's a great example. Is saying like, uh, I need to talk later. And that talk looks like the first and 15th of every month. Yes. And in the in between, you're constantly thinking about that conversation with debt. Anyway,
2: can we talk later?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, I hate that. So, okay. Uh, next question then, if part of budgeting is it, I've heard you're supposed to give 10% to the church. Um, I've also heard like 10% is minimum. I can feel some guilt there. If all I'm giving is 10%, you know, that's that's like the least or whatever. Anyways, is not having that giving to the church in my budget a sin?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, God's word calls us to a heart of generosity and um, the way that people, so the word that most people might know is tithe. Um, the way that people might give uh, can look really different. Some people might be giving to a church. Some people might be giving to a different um, organization, a Christian organization that they're passionate about. Um, Like I I also give to Compassion and a few other places. Um, but, But ultimately it would make sense that if you are, If you're, if you're a Christ follower, one, that you're plugged into a local church, and then two, if you are plugged into a local church, it would make sense that you are um, stewarding some of your, deploying some of your resources to that local body, because that local body is deploying, maybe not financial resources, but they're deploying resources for you just as you attend on Sundays, as you go to small groups, as you, um, Utilize buildings, etc. And so, um, just want to clarify that it's like, man, if if you if you aren't giving all of your giving to a church, that's not in of itself a sin. But there are principles. So it's like, yeah, if you if you're a Christ follower, you should be at a church. And if you're at a church, it would make sense that you're stewarding some of your resources to a church. Um, and then on on the number piece, um, David, what would you say on the number piece? I've got some
0: thoughts, but I'm curious to know what you think. You know, I don't know if I would say, uh, so in the Old Testament, we hold on to 10%. In the Old Testament, they gave 20%. God doesn't give a clear number. um, And is it a sin to not give to a church or is it a a sin to not give? It's at least a missed opportunity. And to use the the picture that Jesus gave of the woman who came in and she gave, uh, you know, basically a penny, Uh, I think it's Luke chapter 18, of the woman who goes in. And, um, and Jesus is like, man, that woman gave more than all of you guys. And they were like, she just gave a penny. And he was like, yeah, but she didn't, she only had like two pennies. She gave way more than, uh, her heart of generosity was way bigger than y'all's. Is it a sin to not give? Um, Again, I think the Bible would say it's at least foolish. If there was a chance for you to invest in Amazon 20 years ago, if I came to you and I was like, dude, I'm telling you, it's gonna blow up. I've been, I came from the future and I traveled back in time, I'm telling you, go all in with Amazon. You would want to do that if you were certain it was gonna happen. And Jesus says, that is what I'm telling you. Anything that you invest in this kingdom will be repaid a hundredfold in the life to come. So is it a, a sin? It's a, it's a missed opportunity and it's at least foolish. It's kind of similar to debt. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, as far as the number, I think, I, think um, I would pick a, whatever the number is, whatever makes sense, wherever you are, see it as an opportunity it's a question of how much do I want to invest that's going to have a hundred fold. So do I want to put in $10 that'll have a hundred fold return on that? Do I want to put in whatever um, amount and seeing it that way, I think is a better way of, of approaching the number.
1: So I think, I think for young adults, especially it can be really hard. Uh, I think giving to the church is almost something you do when you become married. And it's like, this is this cute thing that we do together as a married couple. We're so grown up, but as a single young adult, it's like, man, I don't really even like, this is the problem. A lot of people don't feel invested in their church in their single years. And that's therefore why they don't feel the need to invest financially. But also I think it just is hard to trust the church with your money because you don't necessarily see its direct fruit. It's mm-hmm. like, I just got to give this and who knows where it landed. It could have landed with the pre-K ministry. I, I don't. That's how you think. It's like, so it, it just doesn't seem that Im, it's harder to trust. Yeah. The church with your money because you don't like compassion, it's like I'm watch I'm getting letters from my kid. Yeah. And I'm and so
2: that's just something I think a lot of people wonder. Um yeah. and, and so and I think just remembering too, like a heart of generosity. Yeah. Um, and that our resources are God's. And um, like it's not mine to begin with. Right. Um, First Chronicles, just a prayer from King David. He's talking about um, how he's asking, why are we able to give this generously? Um, and his response is, it's because everything comes from God and we are only uh, we only have what's been given from his hands. And so, um, yeah, you, you, can, you can search your heart on what, what is that body that I'm a part of? Where should I be giving? But also falling back on, man, all the resources that I have, they are from God. Yeah.
1: That's good. Well, let's let's go to the last section. Um, we talked about, you know, stewarding, debt. Like in terms of saving, uh, I think right now a lot of singles, young adults, saving just again seems like something you almost maybe start when you're married or when it's time to buy an engagement ring or whatever it may be. That's when you save for the first time. And also, so I'm gonna give like a spiritual reason, me why not to save, and then like a worldly example, I think one reason we don't want to save is because it's like, I want to spend now. I want things now. And just, I don't want to put money somewhere. I want to spend that extra money on fun things now, vacation, clothes, whatever it may be. And so why then, What would the, what's the argument you would make to saving? How much should I sh- save? And is that part of my budget or just kind of like, Oh, I got an extra this. I'll put a little 50 in there every now and then or whatever. And then, from a spiritual sense, you know, I just did that. Uh, we talked about greed and seven deadly sins. And it's like, hey, don't build bigger barns. You could die tomorrow. Yeah. So it's like, why don't I just spend it all now if tomorrow's not promised? Like, why would I? Is it almost selfish to save expecting that you're going to one day have a 401k and a retirement? Like, is that living for something that is like, Selfish in itself.
0: Oh, it's yeah. a good question. Here we go. Stir that pot.
1: <laughs> Come on. Like, it's saving selfish, but you're calling it in the name of stewardship.
2: It's actually selfish because you want something bigger one day or whatever. Yeah, no, that's really good. And here's like, here's the challenge of talking about anything related to money is that every single person's financial situation is yeah. different. And even as we talk about debt, even as we talk about giving, I mean, a giving conversation is going to look different for someone that is saving 50% of their income versus someone that is 80% of their income is going towards paying off debt. And so every single person is in a different situation, and that's why this conversation is, the goal is to be a jumpstart for you to think about what your financial situation looks like in the context of community and use other resources, um, other godly resources, um, to help inform the decisions that you're making. And so if this is, if this is kind of the first and last resource that you're using, um, to kind of navigate your financial decisions, it, that's not the point because this isn't all encompassing and it, it's not going to be specific for you. Mm -hmm. So addressing your question on saving, is that like there is, there is wisdom to saving and, um, and uh, Proverbs sixteen, I'm sorry, Proverbs six, uh, six through eight says, "Go to the ant, you sluggard; consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler; yet it stores its provisions." And so there is wisdom that um, we're, we're sometimes going to have tough seasons. And like I think even with Corona, where people are getting laid off of their job, that's an example that there are there are people out there that I would imagine are taking a step back and saying, "Man, I wish." I had some savings and kind of a, a term that you hear that you'll hear at watermark um, and maybe in some other circles is an emergency fund and so an emergency fund is um, enough money to cover th- three to six months of all of your expenses so let's say you get laid off of your job and you need that bridge money um, a, a wisdom principle would be that you've got three to six months of money to bridge you and so the 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 question with savings is so different because we've got people that are listening that are saving zero dollars and, um, you know they, they've been working they've been in the workforce for us for ten years and they've got no savings and that's like yes you you should be thinking about saving it, that's not wise that you are spending all of your money and then on the complete opposite end um, there's a hoarding mindset saying that man my value. And my worth is in how much is in my bank account. And I'm clinging onto these resources. And there could be a hard issue there that I'm not trusting God and I'm not letting my dollars be deployed in the body of Christ um, in a way that's going to um, have a, a better use than just sitting in my bank account. So here's a uh, question
0: that, that uh, someone asked in, uh, in a, one of the wisest financially savvy people I know. I was in a, a small group with him. He was kind of a, a mentor in that group. And we were all talking about finances. We were in community, opened up. Here's what we make. Here's what we're saving towards. Here's all this. And one of the couples had uh, a significant amount in savings. And I remember the the wise older friend saying, what is that being saved for? What are you saving it towards? And I'd never, th- it kind of blew the category of, oh, you should say, if you're going to save money, it's not just, well, I'm going to try to get as much cash as I can get piled up. Mm-hmm. I should have a purpose. Like I'm saving this for an emergency fund. And then I'm saving this for this reason. And then I'm saving this in order to be able to give to God's kingdom in some way. And so it's, is it wrong to save? No. Like you pointed out, the Proverbs encourage that for sure. It's wrong to see money as the source of security in your life. Proverbs 18, 11 says that the rich man sees his wealth as a mighty wall that is too great uh, to scale in his own imagination. Solomon literally says, he imagines like he's, he's, Living out of fantasy is though like, man, if I have enough money, I'm protected. That, the Bible would say, is a flawed way of thinking. It's also a flawed way of thinking if I'm not going to invest in any kingdom other than my own, specifically if I'm not going to invest in God's kingdom. That's a much better uh, way to approach it. So um, with that said, that's good to review, I know, dude, this is technical jargon as it is. It's really, really important. It impacts all of our life. So hopefully this is helpful. No, this is so interesting. Money doesn't define you. You need a budget. You need to uh, see yourself as a steward of God's kingdom. You need to know how much you're in debt, know what your interest rate on, and know how many years it's going to take and begin to evaluate, like, what's the plan going forward there? And then see yourself as uh, saving for something if you're going to save money. And is there anything else I missed?
1: No, I'm just going to—I want to—anyone out there that's listening like I am right now, I'm literally being a student right now, uh, JD speaking— I'm going to go out of here and I'm going to go see my interest rates. I heard that word seven to 10. I'm like, I don't know if I'm in that category. Bam. I'm going to go and I'm going to go straight to Carson and say, Carson, what come do on. I do? And so come on, like just know that I, you're not alone and uh, this stuff is really hard to talk about, but you need to press in. You need to talk about it. I yep. love it.
2: That's good.
0: Awesome. All right. Hey, that's it. If you have questions as always, email us at info at the porch. We'll see you next week on another episode of views from the porch.